Hi, welcome back to another episode of Lemon Island Picks. So it's a very lonely island today. Unfortunately, we aren't actually stranding anyone. It's just me. So today's episode, as you've seen in the title, is my monthly album roundup where I'm going to be talking about some of my most listened to albums of the month. But before we get into that, a quick word from today's sponsor. I tell you what, I'm never going to forgive him for that advert. Why did we let him do that? Just run with it. It is most definitely very cool and very funny. If you say so. Not to mention we made 11 pence off it. What? 11 pence. I retract my argument. On the Lemon Island Picks Instagram page, I asked you what you've been listening to recently. If you want to take part in these in the future, go give us a follow. It's as easy as that. Nice, so we've got a man who says he's been listening to some J. Cole recently. Admittedly, I do need to listen to some of his stuff. I've kind of neglected it really, so... Yeah, maybe that's the deep dive I've got to get into. Nice, so Casey says she's listening to some old rock, some soul and jazz, but really digging some blues at the moment. Nice choices. So Shay, of course, is listening to her 25th hour. Go give them a follow and a listen. Ethan is saying he is into the album 4 by Foreigner. I've not heard of that, so I'm going to have to give that a listen. Nice. So, then Sam is listening to Freewheeling by Bob Dylan. Did I say Freewheeling or Freewheeling? I don't know. Rebecca's listening to some Bjork. Of course, fantastic choice. And this anonymous person is listening to some electro jazz, and I see why you want to be kept anonymous now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Emma is listening to some indie pop. And finally, Dylan is listening to some... Oh, how do I say this? Celldweller? Yeah, Celldweller. Once again, another artist I've not actually heard of, so that's a listen for me. Nice. Who knows? Could be on my next monthly roundup. So a big thank you to everyone who submitted the responses there. Like I say, I'll be doing another one of these next month, so if you want to be informed when that's happening and want to submit your albums, follow the Lemon Island Picks Instagram page. So, we're getting into my top three albums this month. I've gone with three, but on my Lemon Island Picks Instagram, wow, I'm really plugging that, aren't I? On the Instagram, you'll be able to get nine of my top listened albums, if you even care, which you probably don't. But, you know, it's there if you're interested. So, this month, coming in at number three, we have Violence by Editors. Well, I've been listening to editors for quite a long period of time. I was first introduced to them when I was quite little to their album, An End Has a Start. And I suppose in the last few years, I've kind of really, I suppose, reconnected with them in a way. Because these latest albums that they've released in 2015 and 2018 have kind of edged more on the side of art rock than their previous kind of more basic post-punk sound. I saw editors for this tour of violence. Yeah, I have to admit, I hadn't actually listened to the album before I went to see it. Well, I'd want to say because I wanted to experience it live and I really wanted to connect to the music. But no, I I just did not know it had been released. Which is a bit of an odd one. But yeah, this album is really, really good. It's quite a journey. I highly recommend it. Yeah, the titular track, Violence, always seems to stick in my head whenever I hear it. It's really a catchy tune, and same with Hallelujah, so low. Yeah, two really great tracks. I'm gonna leave this one here because I want you to go and explore this album. Who knows, I could be dissecting it as my number one album another month. 
So my second pick is Anthology Resource Volume 1 by Dean Hurley. It's an album where the title doesn't really give away what the hell it is. It's actually a soundtrack album for the third series of Twin Peaks, released in 2017. So this album's more of a collection of ambient soundscapes used for the third series, rather than Bad Lamenti's amazing score for it. I mean, ever since I finished the third series, I just want to jump back into the world of Twin Peaks from series one to series two, the film, then the incredible, I mean incredible, third series. It is absolutely incredible, I cannot stress that enough, and this album really takes you back to that world. I wouldn't actually recommend this album unless you've seen the series, because I don't think you have that same connection to it if you haven't seen the series. So what I do recommend, and what I always recommend, is watch the series. And finally, my most listened to album of July 2020 is, drumroll please, Pain Olympics by Crack Cloud. Crack Cloud are a Vancouver-based multimedia collective who have probably just released one of the best albums of the year. This thing is absolutely incredible. It is all over the place in the best way possible. The textures in it are dense. There's just so much to unpack that I think that's why I've listened to it so much. Every single time there's something else that sticks out to me. Every listen, I've got a new favourite track. I can't decide. It's a whole mess. So, let's get into the first track. I've written that the first track, Post Truth, is a post-punk musical theatre tune gone mad. Once you listen to it, I think you'll be able to hear what I'm getting at. It's a really weird blend between post-punk and musical theatre. In a way, I think that's mainly because of those operatic vocals crying out in the distance, which just descends into manic electronics, then colliding into a mix between this post-punk edge and that kind of epic operatic style which I think really encapsulates the eclectic mix of genre which happens throughout the album. Moving on to the second track, Bastard Basket, it opens with this psychotic laughter and this hypnotic drum loop, really establishing this mood, which I can't really describe to you. Then you got this hypnotic four-note bass riff that enters that is absolutely hypnotising. If the drum loop wasn't already, it's got this really weird syncopation going on that fits really, really nicely around the vocals. It is incredibly done. I think it really shows the band's compositional skill in a really nuanced way, as it is so simple, because it's not an obvious attempt to show off in a way. It's not, oh, look at this, I can play in 13-8. It's using that musical complexity subtly, and it really, really works, demonstrating the musical maturity of the group as well. Oh, and then we've got the wailing saxophone. It is amazing. We've got this haunting saxophone kind of drenched in reverb with some delay and even some strings at the end of the track kind of just descending into madness. And there you think the track is over, but no, that four-note bass line enters again and oh, you descend further and the dynamics build and you're crescendoing and then it kind of just... I don't know, it kind of, it's like a breath of air out. If that, Just listen to it, just go and listen to it now. 
there is no way I'm doing this album justice by any stretch of the imagination. This really is an experience that you have to listen to yourself because there, like I said at the start, there is so much to unpack. Swiftly moving on to the third track of the album, which is called Something's Gotta Give. So this was originally my favourite track of the album, I think, because it's the most conventional track on here, in a way. It's got this continuous acoustic guitar melody, which is really reminiscent of The Police's Every Breath You Take. It's a really beautiful riff. Then over that, you've got this electronic, distorted and chorus guitar, which plays a different melody higher up the fretboard. And then later in the track is supported by these gorgeous cello and string accompaniments. Yeah, I'd say it's the most tame track on the album, in a way. Like I said, check it out, I'm recommending this for a reason. The end of this track's quite weird. It perfectly transitions into the next fix, which is the title of the next track, of course. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a departure. This is where things start to get eclectic. <laughs> this is a Latin-inspired tune from what I can hear. Really took me by surprise on first listen, was not expecting it at all. You've got this main vocal and then you've got these kind of gang vocal shouts just cutting in really harshly gated, which creates like a kind of percussive quality to them. Then you've got trumpets and vocoders and then the track evolves into something which I was not expecting at all. I mean, I wasn't expecting this track to begin with, but I didn't know where it was gonna go. Yeah, so I did a listening party for this album and someone in the chat described it as holding hands and singing to heal the world. Yeah, <laughs> it, it goes quite weird. Again, one of those I can't describe. <laughs> so you're gonna have to forgive my pronunciation of the next track. It's called Oyster Stew. I think it's Oyster. Is it Oyster? It's O-U-S-T-E-R. I've no idea, so I'm just going to say Oster. And if that annoys you, please, please stay, don't leave. It's one of those tracks where it's so dense I don't have the time to get into, but really, I suppose in essence, it's a rap track. It's Well, I suppose it's more akin to, you know, modern trap, you know, that label industrial rap. I don't know how often that's used, but that's what Google's telling me, I guess. Then we get even weirder, because the next track, Another Jump, <laughs> it's, it's very 80s. Yeah, it goes into like, Devo, Talking Heads kind of style. Once again, I see a common theme here, I was not expecting this. <laughs> it's a really catchy, kind of 80s, synth-pop, alt-pop kind of vibe. And then it's got a drum solo in it. Yeah, so you got all these 80s synths going on, then it kind of pulls that back a little bit, then you've got a drum solo, which is red here. And the chorus is probably the most catchy on the album. You'll be singing, EXCOMMUNICATED! And yeah, you'll, you'll, um, you'll pick that up and when you listen to it, but <laughs> it's got a weird vocal phrasing and like I said about, you know, the bass before, it re it's really showing their nuance musically and their skills as musicians and artists. This album has got some really good drums and bass lines on it. They are very, very good. And that is demonstrated in the next track called Tunnel Vision. It's kind of similar to the last track in its vibe. It's very kind of talking heads and Devo, but with an injection of their style of post-punk. 
There's a few different members of the band on vocals for this track, as you've got them singing separately at first, and then it kind of moulds into this contrapuntal vocal line of two, maybe three different singers. Well, I suppose it's not really singing, it's more chanting in that kind of particular style, if you know what I mean. And then it goes hard. Oh yeah, it goes very manic. There's distorted guitars all over the place. It is, yeah, very, very post-punk. It's, like I was saying, it's that infusion of post-punk into that kind of talking heads style. I've said talking heads too much, and Devo. But, yeah, it is insane. It's insanely good. Does it does it slap? Yeah, I'd say it slaps. Then finally we've got a seamless transition into the last track of the album, Angel Dust. It's kind of like a shoegazy-esque track with that operatic return of the vocals, you've got the strings, and you've got this incredible texture which you definitely will get lost in. And that is an ability they've clearly demonstrated throughout their album with the dense texture and production. And like I was saying before about nuance, I've said that quite a bit as well. And that is really present throughout the entire album. As well as the mania of it, because this last track, it kind of ascends like um, A Day in the Life by the Beatles. You've got that end where the entire orchestra was told to gradually rise but no one playing the exact same thing. It's that same kind of eccentricism. Is that a word? I think it is. And then you've just left with that sample playing throughout the end of it to the water sounds. And then you want to listen to it again. I'd, I'd say my only complaint with this entire album is how short it is. It's about half an hour. <sighs> Would I have it any other way? No, because <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone back to listen to it as much if it was any longer, admittedly, but it's definitely worth at least 10 re-listens in a day, and that is saying something from me. So yeah, this is the last time I'll say this, I highly, highly recommend you listen to this album, and I hope you've enjoyed the very first monthly roundup. Like I said at the start, make sure to follow the Lemon Island Picks Instagram page to get featured on the show at some point or use the anchor voice message feature and have your voice in an episode finally thank you for joining me and i'll see you in the next episode of lemon island picks <laughs>